Welcome to Puns and Bushes. This is your favorite actual play D&D podcast powered by Patreon and people like you. You are in the uh, voidy mist area between passages. I'll give you a second as the pages of the book that Beatrice is holding it leafing through on its own and ink blots are kind of forming into letters. Hi, I have a question. Yes? Do we get hit points, spells, anything back because that was a dream? Uh, by the same logic as like the exhibition fights, the reason that I let you guys bunk back up before that fight. Yeah, technically. Um, unless you do something really weird, probably will be fine anyway, but technically speaking, yeah. Just save it for now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, in enough time, uh, you get the next little bit there. I wish you had someone like Titania. He enthused at me. Oh, but I will, I thought. A thought not wholly mine, but one birthed from my shadow. And as you read that out, and you kind of carry the weight of it for a moment, you see the vision forming around you as the mist takes shape. And this is, again, in a familiar place. It's in that courtyard um, back behind the estate where you guys did the exhibition fights, actually uh, mentioning them. Uh, they're not set up in that way. It's actually more fashioned towards like a, uh, like a garden, and you can kind of see out a ways as that overlook. And in the air is a joyous melody singing from the pipes of Castle Ravenloft's grand organ, which you've also seen before, and the jubilance of a verdant spring afternoon, which energizes your skin as the sun beats down and warms you. Dozens of guests gathered with wine in hand, they're conversing. People of a wide range of races, decorated in spectacular tunics and dresses, fine silks. And with the gong of a bell, they all draw their attention towards a beautiful stained glass window depicting a white knight and a red-haired bride who seem almost alive as the sunshine twinkles across the glass. Uh, the guests gathered, or the, the guests that are gathered here, uh, begin to walk towards the uh, now addition to the the castle where this inset glass is and through a doorway that leads into the chamber just down the way there you're kind of in the middle of the crowd you may do what you'd like do we see any of the people that we saw in other past visions here roll up seven check yeah i'd like to look for sergey okay 24 natural 20 all right you are confident in saying that when you're looking across these people None of them stand out. There might be similar people from what you've seen in past visions, but no one that you really interacted with or that denoted any sort of greater importance. And they don't seem to be paying much of a mind to you either. Okay. Is there cheese? No. You disappoint me, Eric. Sorry. Sorry, what, what was the color of her dress? In the stained glass? Uh, yes. Uh, white. I mean, they... It, I called her a bride, so she's in oh, like a white okay, flowing. Sorry. Yeah, and you said white gown. knight, right? Like, yeah, white armor. Does it vaguely resemble Strahd or Sergei? Uh, it's stained glass, so it neglects like greater detail. You just see like a vaguely masculine figure wearing white, okay, and a vaguely feminine figure wearing white with red hair. Cool. Is he like helmeted? No, so you would be able to tell he has black hair, I suppose. Or as black as you can get in stained glass. I don't know that I've ever seen that exactly, but it seems like people are just kind of gathering around and they're sort of making a loose processional towards the building. Not in a rush, necessarily. Yeah, we'll kind of waddle inconspicuously mm-hmm. through this group, kind of making our way to where it seems that they are all stroll along, being herded. You're going to enter them, I assume? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
I Avalon has two glasses of wine in each hand as he goes in. Wait, you have two in each hand? Yes, I'm balancing four at once. That's impressive. I I got one for each of you. Mm. Thanks. You enter uh, this cathedral-like chapel. It's capped by a 90-foot-tall domed ceiling. Raised by towering archways, the white marble walls are wreathed by strings of flowers and vines, and the decadent smell of a feast wafts down the hall, uh, blending with the fresh air and a symphony of flowers from the gardens. Guests, of course, filtering into rows of pews set to face the ceremony along the east wall, which is kind of the wall that you're entering on. Standing at the front of the room as you pass, uh, they would be on your left side as you enter down and filter into the room. Uh, the stained glass would be technically at the front of the room where these people are standing. Next to an altar, uh, carved with reliefs of angelic figures entwined with grapevines, is Sergei. Uh, he's in a white coat, decorated with golden tassels, and he has a priestly pendant on a cerulean ribbon that's hanging from his neck. At his waist is a sword that is dazzling uh, in the chromatic fragments of sunlight, which is gleaming through the stained uh, painted glass. On his right is a lady in blue and gold priestly robes, uh, looks like she's probably poised to officiate. And then to his left, kind of behind him in that like best man typical stance, uh, is Strahd. Uh, he is standing proudly in his red armor. Uh, he has golden angel wings of uh, metal across his breast and his traditional heavy black cape. In the group that you were kind of filtering in, uh, they're all breaking apart uh, into separate little aisles and going to sit in the various pews. Can I real quick make a perception check to see if his eyes are slit in the way that we saw in the previous vision? Sure. Eleven? Uh, you don't notice anything strange about him. Okay. No, he seems most similar to uh, previous passages. Okay. Um, like when he was in his, ch- uh, in his study or whatever. I mean, he seems normal. Yeah. This, like, iconography on his chest, have we seen it before or does this just seem like just fancy? It looks ceremonial. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I have a bad feeling about this. <laughs> yeah. Maybe let's sit towards the back. <laughs> That's not the splash zone. I want to be in the splash zone. No. <laughs> if it's visions, it doesn't make a difference anyway. I go up to the front. Uh, I'll have everybody roll perception checks as you guys go to sit down. Wow. 25. I'm killing it. Dirty 20. Seven. <laughs> Ooh, good question. What do I see? 15. Everyone, uh, I would say Beatrice is probably fixated more on the front of the room, nervous that something may go down. Everyone else would notice that uh, Rahadin, the uh, dark elven older right hand to Strahd, is present in the room. He's towards the back. He's not seated. And he's just kind of looking around. Sorry, it was Baron Avalon had, what, 20s and 25s or something? I had 25. I had 20. You would both notice that there is six uh, attendants towards the back of the room, like where the entrance is, right at the front of the aisle, where like presumably the bride would walk, like enter from and walk down. Uh, there are six attendants there, and underneath their cloaks, which do look ceremonial, they are wearing a uh, sort of slimming armor. Uh, specifically, a Valen would notice that there is no denominational sigil or like... Um, specific uh alliance badge or anything on them okay on the robes over the armor yeah correct yeah can i see the color of the armor yeah with a 25 um it looks like well-made leather it's not stained or 
uh, colored anyway. It looks like a generic brown. Okay. It's not. It's not fancy or anything. Mm-hmm. It's just. It's just slightly odd. It, I mean, maybe it's not. Maybe having guards at like a public event is not that weird, but it's something you do clock. And what are they like, quote unquote, doing? Right. You said they're at the at the entrance. Are they just kind of like standing around? Yeah, they're just kind of standing at the back wall, just kind of aware of the situation. And you can tell, like, the part of it that makes it a little less weird is that they are probably, honestly, guards. They do have uh, short swords, and two of them do have, uh, like, basically buckled to the back of their uh, armaments uh, would be, like, crossbow, light crossbows. So, you know, if something were to go down, that's probably why they're there. Uh, it seems like people are still kind of gathering in, conversating. So you do have a moment, it seems, before people get fused. Let's get a seat up front. Yeah. I got a feel this is going to be fun. Mm, we should just keep to ourselves, right? Ugh, fine. I don't trust anyone here. I, I like grab her by the hand as she like begrudgingly like <laughs> is resisting me. Selena, come on. And I and I walk over. I'm already two wine glasses of imaginary wine in. And I'm just like, Selena, come on. And I join the other two up front. I will say the first couple rows do seem reserved. Like the first two seem reserved for people of, uh, while you don't really recognize them, they don't seem like they're actually of note, but they probably have paid their way to being of note. Those people are readied and stationed at the first two rows. I'm going to ask some people when we get like towards the front, I'll be like, which, which side is the groom side? Uh, when you ask that, uh, there's a like older woman who is just kind of mingling with someone next to her, and she turns and she goes, uh, I believe the green side is on the left. She's I uh, like, right. I thank her, and I sit down on the right also. <laughs> okay, okay. And uh, a- as you sit down, she just kind of looks over you with, like, one raised eyebrow and a, and a glare, and she goes, huh. and she just, like, kind of <laughs> turns away. <laughs> She hears my like barefoot slapping on the yeah. tile as I walk in. I like wave to her when I sit down. Yeah. Uh, given enough time, uh, the murmuring kind of settles down and the organ, which was kind of just playing like a little bit of a background uh, tune stops. And then in a very abrupt, like joyous um, ringing out of like a single chord that kind of envelops the entire chamber and you know that the organ's not in this room it's down further in the castle somewhere you're not quite sure the architecture but in the way that it is built into the stonework of the castle when it plays it resonates the stone to the point where it envelops you in this chapel and uh really interesting architecture wise that actually happens in real life is that in the way that they built this this chapel which seems to be relatively new uh, in addition, because when you were at the exhibition fights, this build, this part of the building was not here. Um, the way that they built this architecturally, the resonating stone in the chapel starts to harmonize with this chord to the point where it like becomes even like a like a deeper sound. Mm. It's 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 very it's almost off putting. You see the doorway that uh, begins the uh, aisle opens slowly as two of the guards like peel it open and you see Tatiana and she is wearing this glorious white uh gown and it has like a, a long trail that puffs out from her hips and then kind of uh folds back in these 
we weaving layers of of pristine white fabric there's lace across the shoulder and like very intricate weaving along like the corset and she has the veil obviously and all that kind of stuff and i'll have everybody make a insight check um with disadvantage her face is obscured <laughs> four eleven natural one one from holly okay uh oh wow i rolled a 12 and a 13 which makes that a i think i get like a 17 on that no i get more than that um 12 20 wow um you would pick up on this more than anyone else uh probably because it's your face jesus fucking great what it's true i know yeah, but it's good. fucking horrible yeah it's horrifying for sure um uh-huh. you walk with a she walks sorry uh with a... uh-huh sorry Sorry. Oh boy. Sorry. Uh, with a certain confidence, but you can tell on her face there is a air of nervousness. Okay. Like an like an unsettled. You're not quite sure of the level of severity if this is just like wedding jitters or there's something else going on. Um, but she's not. She's not completely engrossed in the moment. And I need everyone to make a perception check. Nat twenty. Natural three. Dirty twenty. Uh, Avon, what's what's your total? My total is twenty nine. Fucking Christ! Okay, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Eleven. Okay, let's go. Uh, Avon is the only one. I got my peepers peeled. Uh, it's not your. It's not your peepers. It's uh, It's your ear holes. My ear pers eeled. Sorry. Go on. <laughs> yep. <laughs> got it. Nailed it. Uh, you're the only one to pick up on the very, very, very subtle. Almost, and especially in the music, and maybe it's because you're so in tune with the music that is playing and the entire surrounding uh, semblance of emotion, that when you hear just the slightest little metal, like, click, it sets off just a little, just, you just catch it just a little bit. Nearly imperceptible. I'm going to ask right now, hearing that, can I prepare an action of some sort? Or is this full RP? I can't. Sure. I mean, what do you want to prepare? I want to... How You said there are six guards in the back, right? Yeah. Two of them, I assume, are near the door. How far apart yeah, are they? Yeah, they open the door. They're, it's probably like a 10-foot doorway. The moment any of those guards make a fucking move, like they're about to attack or do something, uh, I want to mm-hmm. cast Shatter at their level on the two guards that are by the door. So I'll ask you this. Okay. Everyone in the room is watching the bride walk down the aisle. Correct. You're going to be the one person not looking at the wedding. I'm willing to make that risk. Because I, did, did, I heard the click from behind me. Yeah. 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 I'm going to look at the guards. Okay. Uh, she continues to walk down the aisle. And when she gets to the altar, she stands uh, facing Sergei, uh, who pulls back her veil, as you do. And the crowd at this point has hushed and the organ has ceased. And all of that harmonizing stone lingers in an echo for a moment in the room before the stillness of the moment is completely void. That stillness is broken by a guard moving 
Which one? You are specifically looking at the two at the door? Mm-hmm. It's not one of those two. I'm still going to hold. Are they moving towards the front? No. Where are they moving? You would, if you're looking at the two at the door, uh, you can basically see out of the corner, like the corner of your eye and the corner of the room, back behind the side that you guys are on, you see one of the guards shuffle a little bit. Mm. Shuffling in a wedding? Kill him instantly. <laughs> just, just, mm, can I, mm, uh, I'm not going to do anything. Wait, this is quick. Yeah, I know. I just like, I don't want to do anything until moving is fine. If they like pull something out or if they like pull out a weapon or it looks like they're about to cast a spell, like that's when I'll do something. Does that make sense? Or are you just going to say I can only fixate on the two at the door? That was the trigger of your held action. That was the trigger. So you know what? I'll abide by the rules. I see that one moving, but I'm just going to chill for a second. Okay. I'm just going to chill for in a second. You, and in that flash of a second, you allowing the spell to fall, not taking the trigger, rightfully so, the stillness of the moment is broken by the snap of a string and the whistle of a crossbow bolt that comes from the corner and embeds itself beneath Strahd's left pauldron. And then from the other corner, another fires off from the back of the room towards Tatiana, but is stopped, uh, stopped by Sergei, who lunges forward and knocks her from harm's way. That bolt embeds itself into his shoulder, and then you see a flower of blood stain his white shirt. In this moment, everyone in the room is up, and it is chaos. People know that something is going on, and it's all fight or flight, and everyone is flight. I need ever to make a perception check at, uh, with disadvantage as the whole room is just is cacophony at this point. Oh, boy. Shit. 15? 9? 18? 8. 18. Eight. you would notice, since you were kind of looking in their direction, the, guard, the six guards that were in the back um, are now attempting to start to push through the crowd as the crowd is funneling back out, like, in further into the castle. Um, they're trying to push through them, and they are drawing weapons. Um, Beatrice... And Bear, you guys are a little lost in the environment. That being said, you can see something, which I'll get to in a second. But Selena, you would notice, uh, since you are kind of tuned in, uh, you would see Sergei essentially whisper something to Tatiana, and she flees out the room back the way you guys came in, past the altar outside uh, the courtyard. Now, the thing that Bear and Beatrice notices the thing that pretty much everybody is watching and is causing an even greater stir of, uh, of, san- of insanity here is that Strahd's pupils, once again thin, when the scent of the wound of Sergei finds him. In his frenzy, he's appearing more beast than man. And amidst the chaos, you hear the dozens of voices from the Amber Temple echo in those lairs over top of all of these people. And it just says... Remove your obstacle. And in that moment, time is slowed, and you can tell that there is not a second of hesitation. A pool of scarlet forms on the breast of Sergei's pristine coat. He tries to fight his older brother off, but Strahd's teeth finds his throat. Sergei draws the sword from his belt in a valiant shimmer. But with equal vigor, Strahd catches the blade 
with his now clawed hand, clenches his fist around the metal edge, and in a flash against the dimming sunlight, the weapon shatters. Holy shit. Pieces of the metal rain into the rapidly spreading pool of blood at both of their feet. What are you doing? <laughs> That's me. Shit. Yeah. She's, she's screaming in horror. I have my hands up and I'm screaming like having a great time. Like I'm on a roller coaster. <laughs> I'm gonna... What do we do? What do we do? What do we do? What do you do? Can do I... Do? Is this like action stuff? Can we do stuff? Or is it just checks? You can try, but you, it is a crowd that is is moving you, essentially. Like you are lost in this. Like you're, you're using a lot of effort... Just to kind of stay on your feet uh-huh. as people are seeing what's happening, and it is just like a mass. Uh huh. I'm gonna I'm gonna hop up on my pew and pull B up next to it, and I want to just keep watching what's going on between the brothers. Okay. I'm gonna. Can I do a cantrip? What do you want to do? How far is Strahd from me? Uh, it's probably like thirty to forty feet. Can I cast True Strike on Strahd in this illusion? Um, let me read. True strike is not something that typically comes up. It grants me a brief insight into the target's defenses. Also, on my next turn, I gain advantage on my first attack, but I'm more interested in the defenses part. Uh, as a flavor, sure. Um, you set off... He's missed, so strong wind or something. So you set off the cantrip, and I would say in this moment, there isn't... There isn't really a key defense that you can tell, and you're not sure if that is simply because it is illusionary or because the aura that you're tapping into is rapidly changing. Mm-hmm. Worth a shot. It is, you, you gain information, but it is, it is almost impossible to understand. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm just flailing in the crowd, pointing at Strahd, not understanding what I'm getting. I would say in this moment, you guys are seeing basically Strahd from this angle, what looks like he is kind of hunched over, like holding his brother's body. And if you hadn't seen the moments before, it looks like he's almost grieving. And you are fully aware that Tatiana is missing. Do we see where she went? And she wouldn't have made it through the crowd. Yeah, she, she went deeper. Like she would be right? stuck in the crowd of people. She, she basically went. The way you guys came in. So she went past the altar and out the door into the courtyard. The crowd is all further in the room. She went out of the room the back way, basically. I'm going to try and go find her. I'm going to try and follow her. Okay. I'll have you roll an acrobatics check. Uh, I'll say with advantage because you're small. To try and weave through what the remaining bits of chaos crowd. And anybody who's following. Yeah. Yeah, I will. 23. Okay, very good. Could I, yeah? Could I say that instead of like trying to dodge people, I'm just shoving through people and use athletics? Yeah, I'll give you. I'll give you an athletics. Yeah, sure. <laughs> All right. Uh, seventeen. I also got a seventeen. Yeah, you guys can make it through pretty well, especially because the crowd is moving against you. Um, so you can kind of see where they're going, and Bear is shoulder checking people out of his way, <laughs> and B and Avalon are both kind of weaving between the path that Bear is setting, and then I imagine Selena is in that wake of people kind of avoiding the group uh, because something is happening and they're trying to avoid it. any action that will bring them closer to wherever the fuck that just was. Um, notably, um, you can see uh, everybody roll a perception check as you're doing this. Uh, disadvantage. Ooh, uh, sixteen, twenty, not that. 13. 
Man, we did good for disadvantage. 17. Everyone would be able to tell that the, the six guards are trying to push through the crowd, but they're being overwhelmed by the people, especially because they're trying to navigate along the walls and those are more narrow. They're armored. They don't move as well. And you can see that on the edge of the vision, basically through the doorway, is uh, the pyre people. I think it was Bear and Avalon were 20 and above, right? Oh, it was 20, yeah. I was not on this. Oh, then it would not on this one. Then it would just be a Vaughn. Uh, you would notice that Rahadin is less concerned about anything else going on, and he's more concerned about getting people out. He's shepherding people further into the castle away from whatever's going. He seems quite surprised. However, you guys get basically along the side and out towards where Tatiana went out the out back into the courtyard, which at this point is graying. The sun that was beaming down is now gone. The spring afternoon is now choked by a deep mist that is clawing its ways over the castle walls and filtering in across the grasses until it is a sickly lair. You make your way out into the courtyard and you see that Tatiana is there 30 or 40 feet down the way. She's basically run and now she doesn't know where she wants to go and she's looking back towards the chapel in absolute confusion and horror there is a splatter of blood kind of right across her gown where sergey was struck like right in front of her as he kind of dove to protect her and in the moment that you take in her visage you hear a shuffling behind you um, from the doorway back into the chapel and it's strad and he is sort of hunched and almost limping towards her and he yells Betrayal, Tatiana, the Deliznas, the people of Barovia have betrayed us. And her response is wavering. And if she is not crying, it's only because she is so overwhelmed with understanding what's happening. And she responds, you're frightening me. What's happened to you? Where is Sergei? And in saying that, Strahd stops in his tracks, but the mists continue to advance. He is gone. I am here for you now. I will protect you. And his new monstrous features are only amplified by his stained, worn armor. And Tatiana, without even turning, backpedals to retreat. They continue in a sort of dance, and you're seeing this play out in front of you. He limps forward, she steps back. He shifts and he's dragging himself faster towards her as the mists continue to grow denser along the ground and then a shrill creak of iron rings out into the night, harmonizing with the distant screams. Tatiana! But in her horrified daze, she reaches the railing and her momentum carries her tumbling over the edge. Oh! The mists part beneath her. Strahd, in a flash, rushes to the ledge to watch her soar like... a spirit through the air, as she in her white dress simply fades away thousands of feet below. He grabs on to the edge of the railing and he falls to one knee, and he yet he lets out a blood curdling scream that is almost a shriek. And then as you were looking on, kind of off the set and path where this has happened, you see a bolt cut through the air and plunge into Strahd's back. Then another, 
and another and another, but he does not fall closer to the ground. Instead, you can see from a distance, his already pale skin fades to a deathless white. He starts to stand very, very slowly. You can see a glow off of his eyes of red, and as he turns to look over his shoulder, he is grinning, and fangs extend from his gums. <laughs> At every angle, bolts are protruding from his body, but then they begin to fall from his wounds like raindrops, and they hit the ground one after another. Though his tunic is torn, there is no blood. At least none of his own. And you see through the militiamen that have filtered out into the courtyard, stepping through the encroaching mists, is Leo Delizna. He's helming a militia of over two dozen soldiers. And as Strahd turns to face them, he lunges once again back from the way he came. And with that momentum, the wind takes the entire vision away from you until you're back in the void and the passage completes. we'd get to the details later well that time is now this mix of dice and bad jokes is an actual play DD podcast run by five twitch streamers gone rogue prepared to bring you lovable characters meaningful narrative and more laughs than you signed up for but it can't exist on its own puns and potions is made possible by the loving support of our supporters over on patreon from perks such as getting ad-free episodes early access exclusive merch and personal shout outs you too can reap the benefits of a loving patronage to this very podcast over at patreon.com slash puns and potions that's puns a n d potions for just one singular dollar a month you can keep this fantasy alive now to our other sponsors for us at puns and potions community is a big part of what we wish to represent and one friend and community member i want to throw at you today is astral dice Full disclosure, I personally had a hand in the creation of Astral Dice, and it will continue to be a long-standing partnership. But just like the PMP crew, my Astral sets are the only thing I used to roll, and that's the truth. They're a handful of guys homebrewing dice sets out of their homes, because like us, they're super passionate about role-playing games, and can't accept just some mass-produced dice they bought from a hobby shop. They craft new sets when life allows it, and post them online for you to snatch up, or just admire the designs. So it'd be cool if you went and checked out their website, astraldice.com, or followed them on Instagram, at theastraldice. Thanks for the time. Now back to the puns. Selena, would you say that you're a clumsy person? No. Well. You probably learned your lesson, huh? Barely. Smack him. <laughs> well, it still doesn't explain how I'm here. I'm sure we're going to find out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm sure. Are you sure you want to know? You want to know, Selena? I mean, I'm. Yeah, I'm fairly curious, actually. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't wouldn't you? I suppose so. It's just crazy after seeing all the things that he could do. I mean... You see that bolt sticking out of his neck? Uh, he just, like, flexed it out of his body. That was amazing. 
Okay, Bear, don't give him too much praise. <laughs> I don't know. I What are we doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, how are we supposed to fight that? What does the next passage read be? The blackness returned, covering me, covering the world, never to lift. It weighed upon me, heavier than the mountain, smothering and crushing me into something less than dust. But through the haze of it all, I was only looking at dead men. In this moment, uh, the mists around you are still stirring as if the wind that carried them is leaving an everlasting presence, although there is no semblance of a specific uh, form or visage when the next chapter begins. So it looks like you have a moment. Of course, the pages are flipping. They're preparing for something. This is about to take a crazy turn, I think. This is this is the descent right here. <laughs> yeah, Avalon's just like turned away from the group looking at the mist, pondering how in the hell the four of us are going to stop something like that. Like him. Like it. Before you know it and contemplating that thought, the next one comes. Time revealed powers beyond the mortal mind still maintained their hold here. Neither the ancient spirits of the druids nor the old gods worshipped by dragons would rule above me. Certainly not the plague-ridden rats that dared to believe in the self-righteous merriment of that lie called hope. And when you say that, the visions act differently. They don't form in complete scenes. They mostly just create a sort of uh, filtered image in front of you of layers. But it does surround your vision to the point where you're engrossed in it, but you're not standing in it. And in this sense, the, the mists are still roiling, and they kind of create vignettes that flash. The first one, a blood-curdling roar rips through the air. It silences the battlefield where legions of soldiers clash their blades. A pair of glinting silver wings and claws crest the turrets of a stout fort as you gaze upon the full living might of Argenvast, the silver dragon. That vision is gone, and another comes. Under the looming presence of Castle Ravenloft, an oppressive white column of light descends from the heavens and strikes the dreadlord Strahd who buckles under its power. His grin widens as he presents his fangs to the two golden armor-clad aggressors that stand fatigued across the courtyard. Next, in a hillside camp, rows upon rows of dark elven women are bound to tall wooden stakes, each and every one being consumed by a raging bonfire. A plethora of silhouettes cast onto the nearby tree line, but one you can tell is in a shade much darker than the rest. Finally, bark peels from the trunk of our gargantuan tree like decaying flesh falling from a rotten corpse. Globs of tree sap morph into thick droplets of blood and the dew-like twinkle of leaves evaporate as branches crash down by the dozens. You can see in each of these visions there are legions of factions of people trying to fight against this thing. In As the visions wash over, you can tell the first one is clearly the uh, Order of the Silver Dragon. We know how that went. In the second one, we can see uh, finally standing up to him is St. Markovia and St. Andrew, uh, pulling what remaining religious uh, power they can to try and vanquish him. 
you know that they're not around. In the next one, this is something that you've only heard briefly uh, a long time ago. Did not find more, much information on or the surrounding mythos of, um, but you can tell that this is clearly uh, when Strahd sent his minions out to set the dark elven people who slighted him uh, a little bit more correct. And then, of course, the last one is the last bastion of people, uh, the druids, which lived far on the other side of the valley, prepared as much as they could and reveled in the natural magic that they could as much as they could uh, before he set his gaze on them, too. And as all of the waves of information and vis- uh, vision kind of hit your mind, and you're overwhelmed by like the hundreds upon hundreds of years uh, that have just like flashed it settles and the concluding passage comes i wretched superstition and tradition from the few who clung on the souls of which were trapped here to succumb or suffer at every turn this accursed place turned hope to ash as i realized i was one of them and again, the mists that are roiling around in this in-between space where it would settle before is not settling now. It looks like it is stretching and gathering in places and yet not forming details. Uh, but you, you have a moment. Did, did we recognize the two people in the second vignette? Or at least they, they seem to be holy people. Yeah, that was uh, Saint Andrew. Yeah, Gabriel Andrew yeah. and Sonia Markovia, the two saints that you saw uh, at the exhibition fight, and then you saw Andrew a couple mm-hmm. times after that. Plus, you've seen the churches and that then, they come from in the valley. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the third one was that. Do I recognize the tree that they were? Uh, there was the forest. The, uh, that you have only ever been to once. It's a while ago. In real time. I guess in the game time, it was probably less than a month. Eh, give or take. You would recognize that as the camp outside Valaki. Hmm. Um, considering in the dis- that it was hilled, and in the distance you could see hovels and tents and things like that, uh, the natural landscape was reminiscent of that specific area. That's where Luvash and Aragal were from. You guys stayed there that one night, and they told you about Arabelle and that, that whole thing. Just for added context, I believe that's the also the first time you heard in specific terms about the spider, mm. um, and how oh, yeah. and how that mythical figure, whoever they are, um, was set out on a mission by Strahd to basically end the Dark Elven lineage by killing all the women. And do we get a, a good look at the the figure in the distance? In this instance, uh, because you're not as engrossed as some of the other ones, and the nighttime, the casting of shadows, it probably wasn't entirely clear. Was it a generally humanoid shape? Yeah, generally. That's, that's enough. At least he's not a giant spider, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Hmm, giant spider. He is a giant spider now, now that I said that. Oh. <laughs> Avalon shudders a little bit. Or half and half. Yeah, were spider. Oh, were spider, that's cool. That is cool, yeah. Write that one down. The book has flipped its pages and come to the next little bit here. The girl's auburn hair was braided high, and her clothes more closely resembled rags. But it was her, the same Tatiana I'd known all those years ago. 
mists that were continuing to roll over one another and expand and push have created an image that you cannot see the the edges of. It is the largest passage that you've yet been a part of, to the point where the things blocking your view of where the horizon of the mists fade out of color is blocked by buildings. In fact, you are standing in the middle of what is now coming into form as like a circular town meeting point, and there's a fountain in the middle, and it's flowing with water. And you can see rows upon rows of houses, and there are people walking around. Of course, the sky is no longer light with sun. Uh, It is back to that, as you are fully aware from the reality, uh, that hazy cloud-covered drought. Everybody roll a perc- Every roll of perception or history. I'll give you either one. 25 perception. 4 perception. Love that. 20. Perception or history? Perception. 23 history. Barry, you're distracted by something and we'll get to that. Uh, <laughs> Avon, you would notice uh, a familiar off in the distance small thin uh, chapel spire that kind of peaks a- above a couple of the buildings. Uh, Selena, you would notice sort of the arrangement of some of the buildings off onto the one side uh, that look vaguely familiar. Their structures and something about the pattern of the way they're laid out you recognize. Um, but Beatrice is the one that pulls the image together and realizes that what you're standing in is a fully realized. Uh, living pre-destruction Berez, the same town that you went to to go vanquish Baba Lasaga. Bear, you don't see much. You're distracted by the awe of the fact that this feels like you are, like, there's no looking at something and being like, we're still in the book. There's no little matrix glitch. Just things are just happening. You're here. But your eyes fixate towards the fountain. And there's the hustle and bustle of different people. More specifically, there's a couple people that are working like little market stalls. Uh, there's one particularly boisterous, uh, loud gentleman, which I'll have you roll uh, for fun. I'll have roll history again. I don't know how. 18. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm going to lead you there. Uh, the fact that this man is selling something and he has this like handcrafted painted. It's not that great, but he's trying a sign on his stall. And it looks like he is selling one thing and he's selling it passionately. And that's rutabagas. He's all about him. He's yelling from the rooftops. He's like, ah, get your rutabagas. Uh, but the, the look of him is similar to something you've seen before. You're not quite sure what, but it does ring a bell that you gloss over that though, because you're looking towards the fountain and there is a girl sitting there. On the edge. Um, she doesn't look like she's paying anyone to mind. Uh, she's just in her own little world. She's wearing modest clothes. And she has a bag just like on the edge of it near her. There's a couple books in there. And she herself is nose deep in a book. I'm going to come back to that. What is everybody else doing and looking at now that you've made the revelation of where you are? Valen's just in awe at what this place was a time ago and thinking about what Strahd or anybody else has done to it just makes him deeply upset with the 
hindsight of the passage on her mind, B is looking at Selena. I am trying to figure out why we're here. <laughs> I'm looking around as much as I can. That's fair. They, they look to me and I'm like, look at this nerd over here reading books. You point out the girl that's sitting on the fountain. And I want anybody to take a wild guess who she looks like. Me. Selena. B. Oh, oh. <laughs> I don't want to be you. The old meat pie lady. It's you. Yeah, but she's young. <laughs> no. Doesn't look like any of them. Wait a minute. No, this is... Okay, go on. The girl that's sitting there reading a book. Gertrude. Is Gertrude. Oh, Eric, no, Eric, 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 Eric. Oh, no, wait. Now, Eric, what? also bad. <laughs> you didn't dare to oh, think no. to make Gertrude an important plot point in this story again, now, did you? Selena, wasn't that like your wait. homie growing up? Who's homie? No, I didn't like her growing up. Yeah, but you grew up together. Yeah. Did- I look around for little Selena. Avalon looks and just his eyes go wide. He was not expecting to see her again. I will say, your first inclination is, of course, this is this person. They look almost identical. However, this version of Gertrude is a little bit older than you know her. Her hair is a little bit shorter than you know her. Cut a little bit differently. Every roll an insight check. 21. 5. 17. Selena can roll it with advantage. Uh, I actually rolled a 27. This person is not, as you ever known her, acting like Gertrude. It's not Gertrude. L- looks like her. Spitting image. Same sensation you've ever had of seeing Irina to Tatiana. Or like the dolls or the bride or whatever. Is it like Gertrude's mom? This looks... We met Gertrude's mom. Yeah, you met Gertrude's mom. And this, is, this looks exactly like Gertrude's. The same sensation of Irene and Satya, like And the same person. She's older, different haircut, and she's not acting like you know Gertrude. Gertrude would never be seen reading a book. She works at a bookstore now. In the middle. <laughs> yes, but how, you know how she feels about the bookstore. Yeah, she did not like it. She hates it there. She's not one of those types to just sit shy and lonesome by herself reading a book in the middle of the street. And even then, this is, would be a far distance from Valaki. And there, it doesn't even make sense that Gertrude would be here because yeah. it's far... Her existence and Irina's birth and that whole thing is far after Brez was destroyed. Wait, wait, it wait, makes wait, no wait, conceivable wait, 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 wait. sense. Wait, 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 wait. I have, a, I have a question. Sure. I have a big question. Baba La Saga, did we see her at the competition? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she did not look like Gertrude, right? No. She looked like a younger version of what you knew her as. This is the same city where we met Baba La Saga, right? Yeah. Of course, when you met her, it was... Destroyed. Yeah. You know, but she still had a house here. Sure. Presumably built at some point later because it was powered by the gem. All of these thoughts are racing through your head. And you're trying to make the connections of the fact that, like, how is mm-hmm. this even possible? 
and you settle on the fact that there's clearly something going on here that you have not yet figured out and are just about to unravel. 